Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. Welcome to WTIC News Talk 1080-911. This is the Will Marotti Show. This is your host with the slightly diminished voice, Will Marotti. Matt Sarice, our master of ceremonies. Yeah, I just woke up this morning. I was like, huh. So I, uh, I'm fine. I feel fine. Just the voice is a little, uh, a little froggy this morning. So please be patient with me, but we'll work through it. Um, hey, it's 9-11. Let's take a moment, gather our thoughts together, shall we? Heavenly Father, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we thank you for another day of life. Thanks for waking us up this morning, God. Thank you for blessing us with uh, health and and vitality to be able to do the things that we need to do and want to do. Thank you, God, for the blessings of family, friends, coworkers, people who we care about, people who care about us. Thank you. Thank you that we have friends and and. Even if it's just a small circle, we have people that we can count on. We have people we can depend on, and we're grateful for that. We're grateful that we live in a land of liberty and freedom. We can do what we're doing right now. We can talk. We can share viewpoints and opinions. We can differ. We can argue. We can discuss. We can debate, and we can do it freely, and we're grateful for that this morning, God. Thank you for all of our uh, folks that serve us so courageously every day first responders law enforcement fire emt protect bless all of them protect their families thank you for all the men and women in our armed forces safety for them god wisdom for their leaders comfort for their families as they're separated and and we need wisdom god help us help us just pick through all the the maze of of truth and mistruth and lies and misinformation and help us to be able to recognize. Uh, your, your word says we'll know the truth and the truth will set us free. Help us to know that truth, God. Help us to know that truth that begins in your word. And uh, thank you. Thank you for being on TSC today. Give you thanks and praise. All these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Can I get an amen out there? Oh, you can you can submit amens via social media, 
Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, same handle, all four accounts, at Will Marotti. You can also email me at willmarotti at yahoo.com. I was so tickled last night. We hosted a uh, we hosted an event uh, at the church last night. It was a fundraiser for a wonderful group that I have a small part in. I'm so blessed. Called a Kinder Ground. This is a group that started by two uh, two women in Wallingford. And the goal of the group is to establish a functioning, working coffee house that will employ people with special needs. And so we had a great night last night. We had, uh, I'm, I guess, about 150 people turned out. Um, great food. They had a, a comedian. <clears throat> I think he was a comedian. I was, I was trying to think of when he was going to start. But, it, it, but they had a magician, and the magician was off the hook. She was like one of the best magicians I've ever seen. Um, did a great job, and then they had, you know, it was a typical fundraiser, silent auction, raffles, things like that, um, but I was so tickled, I was, I was walking back from uh, a different part of the building, and I was coming up the hallway, and an older, uh, an older lady stopped me, and she said, are you Will Marotti? I go, yeah, and she goes, well, I listen to you every day, <laughs> and then her daughter came over, and, um, and the daughter was talking about when she used to commute, she would listen to this, started all the way back with John Rowland and, uh, and myself, so um, yeah, it was just, it was, I, said, I don't know how you recognize it. They don't go to church. I, said, I don't know how you recognize them because I have a radio face, but, um, it was, it was nice. It was nice. So I really appreciated that very much. Um, let's see. I'm going to, I'm going to talk about a, just some things I haven't hit this week. I always have more stories than I can cover, which is good. And that's how you have to prepare. You have to over-prepare. It's like this when you preach on Sunday, right? You have to, you have to prepare more than what you need. Uh, because sometimes stuff doesn't work and you have to shift gears and you have to change. And so the same thing is true here. You got to have to be, you have to have the, the silo has to be full. And so every week there's, there's a bunch of stories either that I come up with or my crack researcher LJ comes up with and, and we don't have time. So I'm going to just kind of rifle through some of these stories, <coughs> excuse me, some of these stories I wanted to talk about today, but didn't have time to. We're also at 935, uh, former state senator Joe Markley's going to be on. We're going to talk about this early voting thing. I'm very concerned about this. A slight majority of Connecticut residents are going to say they're going to vote for early voting. It's going to be on the ballot here in Connecticut on Tuesday. I think it's a big mistake. We don't need it. We're going to talk to Joe about that. And then uh, 1035, I'm really excited about what's coming up Tuesday. Fifth District Congressional Race, George Logan, I really think is going to pull it off. And we're going to have a big upset. And uh, we'll have a Republican finally on the congressional uh, delegation, and it'd be wonderful. Of course, we had Lior Levy on. We're hoping for big things for Lior as well, because it'd be nice to have some Republican representation in Washington for our side for a change, right? It's been always a, a you know a, a blue, total blue slate. We need to change that. Eight six zero. By the way, numbers are eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. Um, let me just tell you some of the things that are happening. And you won't hear this, by the way. Some of these stories you'll never hear because the Democrat Party puts the news blackout on the mainstream media. They know what, not, what to report and what not to report based on what the Democrat Party tells them. So you'll never hear this story on MSNBC. You'll never hear this story on CNN. You'll never hear you know, Morning Joe, Rachel Maddow. You'll never hear this story. 
This is an amazing story. Seven months ago, an intrepid PJ media columnist <clears throat> opined that tra the transgender movement would bring down the ultra commies running in the Democrat Party. While the Democrats were attacking white Christians for believing that men and women are not the same, they never thought about the Muslim community and what they might say. Well, we're less than a week before the midterms and the Democrats are in full panic mode. They didn't learn from Virginia Governor Glenn Yukon's victory last November. Don't mess with people's kids. They didn't see themselves possibly losing Michigan, but in Wayne County, Michigan, which includes Detroit, it's been a fortress for Democrat for decades. Part of the reason is Dearborn, home to the largest Muslim population in America. Also, Hamtramck. Of course, this is all car country. This is where they built cars for you know over 100 years. I mean, still do, not as much as, as they used to. <clears throat> uh, Hamtramck, known for, I think, transmissions and drivetrain components, small town, almost entirely developed by Detroit, is the, is the only majority Muslim town and U.S. Muslims have moved there into Detroit's Warrendale neighborhood that borders Dearborn. Muslims aren't, only, always, uh, aren't always friendly with the LGBT crowd. They don't want their kids exposed to gay porn in the schools. They don't believe a 14-year-old has the right to have <laughs> something chopped off behind the, the parents' back. They're not down with aborting children at all, much less a week before it's born. Hilariously, all three of these Democrat election battle flags are happening in 20 years. What could go wrong? Here's the point. So while the commies, the woke people, have gone out of their way to power in, into Michigan, Republicans can take Wayne County. They can take the state. Muslims make up 3% of, of Michigan's population where Trump beat Hillary by 0.23%. So you've got a, 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 a massive number of Muslims registering in Michigan to the Republican Party. Same thing's happening in Florida. Republicans are out-registering Democrats 9 to 1. And we could see for the first time in a long time, Dade County, Miami, Dade County, go Republican. So, I mean, this is, I, I, I hoped it would happen. I couldn't say I predicted it would happen. But it looks like finally, finally, what's the expression? Help me out with this. Jeremiah, right? The chickens, what is it? The chickens come home to roost or the roosters come home? <laughs> I guess it must be the chickens, right? So I think finally the Democrat chickens are coming home to roost. And these guys are going to, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm looking forward to a good night Tuesday night. I really am. I mean, I know we're not going to have the, the red wave here in Connecticut. It might be a red ripple. But nationally, I'm going to enjoy, I'm going to enjoy seeing the, the, the Democrats melt down and, you know, now it's unbelievable. Now jobs report out more positive job growth, which is kind of schizophrenic in the sense that, you know, with inflation so high and costs of things so high, how in the world can we be adding that many jobs? Well, we're also laying off people. Here's the latest job layoff report. You're not going to hear this anywhere else. Um, this from from uh, LinkedIn News. So Open Door, which is a real estate platform, has laid off 550 employees, 18% of their workforce. Uh, database management, or a giant Oracle, has laid off another 200 people. San Francisco-based um, platform, Gem, laid off 100 people, or a third of its workforce. Mental health group, Cerebral, laid off 20% of its staff. 
Dutch technology giant Philips cut 4,000 jobs. Delivery startup GoPuff laid off 250 workers and a third round of layoffs this year. Microsoft, which is the parent company of LinkedIn, Microsoft laid off 1,000 employees. Um, Warner Brothers Discovery laid off 80 employees. Uh, General Electric has slashed, quote-unquote, hundreds of jobs. And Peloton, for the fourth time this year, is cutting off another 500 employees. I don't know why Peloton is struggling. I don't, I don't understand it at all. Because it seems like, I don't, I've never used it, obviously, if you looked at me. I've never, I've never been on a Peloton. But it seems like a good thing, and it seems like a good company. I don't know why they'd be struggling so, and particularly with COVID, you would have thought, you know, you know Peloton makes a, a really cool bike that is, is online, it's, it's connected, and, and you can do workouts with trainers online on your, on your bike. It's a cool thing. I, I think, it, again, I've never done it. Maybe I should. Who knows? But um, it's kind of an interesting, kind of an interesting thing. Here's another story you're not going to hear. This happened right here in Connecticut. There was, um, uh, 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 there was a Facebook page that was um, called Connecticut Residents Against Medical Mandates, and and it really you know targeted Governor Lamont a lot. So, um, apparently, the Biden administration considered it misinformation, and Facebook has shut it down. This week, Facebook has shut down this Connecticut website, Connecticut Residents Against Medical Mandates. And I'm sure it's about vaccines and things of that nature, boosters and whatever. Um, so, there you have censorship. Censorship at its worst, here, right here in Connecticut. Let's see, one more story, and we'll take a break. Then we'll, uh, we'll take a couple calls. Joe Markley, we're going to talk about early voting. I'm, I'm really against it. I, I, I hope you guys are, too. And I think we need to talk to people about it and try to sway as many people before the election. Um, be careful who you flirt with at work, I guess. This is the, in this story, okay? So <clears throat> I don't know what the full uh, list, but this just came out uh, two days ago. According to police, a Minnesota woman who repeatedly rejected her co-worker's advancers, was shot dead by the man who spurred her. On October 24th, Nicole Hammond, 28, was shot in the neck outside of the, the Dubow textile plant on Lincoln Avenue. Um, documents show that the witnesses saw the suspect, 36-year-old Michael Carpenter, dressed in all black, arrived outside the business shortly after they heard a gunshot, or, or, or shortly after they heard gunshot, and then saw him abruptly drive away. <clears throat> in searching Hammond's phone, police found text messages from Carpenter the previous night indicating that she didn't want to be touched or manipulated by him. Additionally, Hammond texted a friend saying Carpenter was angry. They caught the guy, and uh, I mean, yeah, he, he should he should get the death penalty. I, I, I'm again, I, I mean, this is this was plotted. He planned it. He killed her. Um, but you know, it's just people are crazy. There's crazy so many. Angry, violent people out there. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. Uh, we'll take a quick call and then uh, news and Joe Markley. We're going to talk about early voting, why we are not in favor of early voting when we return. Stay with us. 
this. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. This is the Will Marotti Show on WTIC News Talk 1080. All right, welcome back. 938. <laughs> Trying to get my voice to work here. Um, Will Marotti Show, Will Marotti, your host. Matt Sorice, our master of ceremonies. You know, there's going to be something on the ballot Tuesday. <coughs> um, and the question would be, you know, whether or not we should have early voting. Uh, I know the majority of states have it. I understand it. But let me let me read something to you. Uh, this is from the Heritage Foundation, Hans uh, von Spakovsky, who we've had on the program before. And Hans says this, although voters might find early voting it convenient, data ter- data Turnout data shows that the early voting may actually decrease turnout, not increase it. Early voting raises the cost of political campaigns since it gets expensive. The get-out-the-vote efforts must be spent over a longer period of time, not to mention you have greater costs municipally because now you have to have more people. There's also a question of whether or not voters cast their ballots the week before Election Day if they do so with the same access to knowledge about the candidates and issues when they vote on Election Day. When there's a late-breaking development in a campaign that could be important to choices made by voters who have already early voted and now cannot change their votes. And I think that's, for me, that's the biggest issue. Joining us now on the hotline, former state senator. I think it goes back to colonial times when he, when he served. Uh, it was so long. He was a state <laughs> But we're going to talk about this. Former state senator Joe Markley. Joe, welcome to the show. A pleasure to be with you. No, it was it was the Rutherford Hayes administration. Was my, uh, it, it's funny because it was just one term. Well, way yeah. back in, uh, I was elected with Ronald Reagan in 1984. Are you um, kidding? Yeah, wow, one term. Cool. I then was out of the Senate for uh, 24 years and uh, and came back in 2010. They, they I actually asked the um, uh, the legislative librarians. Is that the longest that anyone was ever out of the Senate? And yeah. At it, and they said, we found some people back in the 18th century, but we don't know if it's the same person or a father and a son. And I said, okay, that's close enough. <laughs> well, th- so. thank you for the clarification. Wasn't um, 84, didn't John Rowling get elected to Congress in 84? Yes, indeed. He, uh, he, he Youngest he, congressman he, at the time ever, right? He was, yeah, I don't 
I don't know about that. He was younger than me. I was 27, and uh, and John's, I think, maybe about six months younger. Yeah, he was yeah. a two-term state representative, and like me, he picked the right year to run. Of course, John ran a terrific campaign. He's a brilliant politician. He's a charismatic man, mm. as we both mm. know. And um, and and we were and, and Ronald Reagan and the party lever in those days. Will you know that that mm-hmm. that meant that people walked in and they said. I like Reagan, and I'm just going to pull this big lever, and I'll, yeah, I'll get, get the rest everybody. Of the <laughs> so they, they ended up getting Roland, and they got me. Yeah. Roland but, John uh, was just a great retail campaigner, yeah. wasn't he? He just the, really the, knew. The, it. Well, you really know, I'll say the best I ever saw. I'll tell you one other that I thought was his match in a lot of ways. And one on one was Linda McMahon. Um, yeah, yeah. Much yeah. underrated, but boy, there was a woman. Her warmth and her real genuine um, interest in the people that she met was very apparent. It was shocking to me that she lost both times, the last two times she ran. Not just because of the money that was invested, but I just thought she was a good campaigner. I I thought she was very warm. I I agree. Warm, um, approachable, um, connected with people. I was was shocked that she lost. You know, we're we're going off topic, but that's always okay with me. (laughs) The thing I'll say about her is, she brought in a lot of out-of-state high-priced consultants, yeah. and instead of playing to her strengths, uh, they tried to make her into something different. And yeah. her campaign, I said, after after her first race, I really got to like the woman. And when it was over, I said, you know, Linda, with all the money you spent, if you had been broke and just stood outside of stopping shops the whole time, I think you would have done as well. And um, <laughs> that, that I would have I would have played that up. Obviously, she had yeah. the money to. To put, yeah, get the right. message out. I mean, what's, the well, message what are we talking, Joe? Like fifty her. million? Is it yeah. fifty million she put in? That fifty million each time, as I understand it. Oh gosh. Oh. Which is inconceivable to me. You know, I mean, I, I'd start running out of ways to spend it. But if you hire consultants, they'll find ways. I only need seven million to run the IndyCar for the whole season. Gosh, I gotta get like seven seasons out of that. All right, um, early voting. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I'm I'm against it primarily. My biggest reason is the one that I just read: the fact that you want voters to all have the same information when they're making decisions. And in the case of 2016 with Hillary Clinton, the case of 2020 with Hunter Biden's laptop. Um, information that might have in the case of 2020 it was a government cover-up of that information but it might have changed the vote and, and a lot of people in fact said that i think 17 percent of people voted for biden said if they knew the truth about the laptop they would have voted for trump might have made the difference in the election so um what, what what's your take on early voting Are you- i agree uh, let's say number one i agree with that it's like let's have a we say there's a snapshot and this is the moment we say to the voters Make your decision today. And I think that's a healthy way to do it. You know, if you go to early voting, and the, the Democrats love to do this. If, if Let's say we have it and we say, well, you can start two weeks early. Then they're going to come back and say, well, we need to start a month early. We need to start six weeks early. What is early? Let's just know, say it's right? election day, and that's it. But the, the bigger thing is the main reason I'm against it, Will, is because of who's for it. It's, it's the Democratic Party, it's, um, the labor unions. Um, ACLU, Common Cause, all the liberal groups, because they're in a position, they got the machine to take advantage of this kind of setup. And they're going to write the the rules are not going to be written by that constitutional amendment. The amendment, as proposed, says the the legislature is authorized 
to come up with a system of early voting. So basically, we're saying to the Democratic Party, you can do what you want. You figure it out, because we're not going to have optimists as we might be. I, I don't think anyone is expecting a Republican legislature after this election. Um, and there's no reason um, there's no reason to change this. And there's no reason to give this power to if you're you or me or most of your listeners to our political enemies yeah, um, yeah. that then will become a permanent part of our system. And the, you know, the good news is. You do a poll, and it probably wins in the poll. But it's on the back of the ballot. People are going to have to make a little effort to vote on it. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people, their their instinct is, even if they're not conservatives in the way we think of it, they're conservative enough to say, I'm hesitant to change the Constitution. If your listeners and all the people that um, are supporting Republicans and care about preserving election integrity – vote no we can stop this it was stopped in 2014 and that yeah, was a surprise yeah. <clears throat> well and and the, the numbers are the numbers connecticut always has a good good voter turnout percentage often many times better than lots of the states that have early voting so i don't know that it's necessarily going to have the, the effect that um they think it's going to have but again from the perspective of not having all the information on that on that super important i would say nearly i think it's a sacred day such yeah. a great responsibility and privilege to vote you don't have all the information and you've already voted now they're gonna i think they're talking about two weeks with connecticut is that what the starting point is early voting two weeks there's it is not defined in the in the amendment this is one of the things about that ought to make people uh mm. nervous Mm. The amendment doesn't say what the system's going to be. It simply says the legislature is authorized to come up with a system. It doesn't have to go back to the voters after that. It's in the hands of the legislature. And, you know, we've got a real crisis about doubts about election integrity from both parties. Sure. You got Donald Trump on one side, you got Stacey Abrams on the other side saying the election was stolen. Whether you believe that or you don't believe it, we ought to be concerned about making these elections um, so airtight yes that nobody can question them afterwards right. and instead every year they want to change the, the voting rules to make it easier to vote and, and open it up um it's ridiculous what we need is to is to make sure that the elections are fair and honest and that we all can respect the results i mean i don't know about you joe but but oh, it's only been for me up until recently that i even questioned the outcome i i never felt this way in the past even if even if my candidate lost I never felt like, oh, it's rigged or are they playing around with it? But when you got all these polling places shutting down, they stopped counting it, you know, 11, 15 at night, and, and one candidate's ahead, and then by tomorrow morning at 6, the other candidate pulls ahead by, you know, 20,000 votes. I mean, it gives you reason to pause and you say, man, I wonder what's going on over there, right? I mean, whether it's Bridgeport or Philadelphia, voter fraud abounds. I mean, I think both of those places are, are neck and neck in voter fraud. But, um, you know, every year... Every year, multiple people in every state get convicted for voter fraud charges. That's right. Every year. So it's not like it doesn't happen. We know it happens. It's just a question of what, how pervasive it is and, and how damaging it is. But I just feel like the one – what do you think about – and there's, there's a, a few people that talk about this. We're making a, a Election Day a national holiday. 
Well, we had a lot of holidays, Will, and people managed to get to the voting places. Voting places, yeah. anyways. It's I mean, it's funny that I, I, I was talking to my wife about this thing. Well, I'm going to call into Pastor Will about this early voting, and she said, "Don't you think sometimes, you know, sometimes that people have to wait in line for hours?" That you know, first of all, I don't know where that's happening, but second, if that's happening, then we need to address that as a problem. Um, if people can't get to the polling places, well, let's extend the polling hours. Maybe, maybe we say we should, you know, we go 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. in Connecticut. That sounds yeah, pretty yeah. good to me. Right. But if you had to go to 9 p.m., if you have to put in a few more voting machines, fine. But don't change the whole voting system just because you've got a little bottleneck. Address the bottleneck. And honestly, I'm thinking all the years that I voted, and I, my my first camp, the first time I was old enough to vote. It was a national election, and I voted for Ronald Reagan, and, and happily so. So we, we we have that similarity back in the in the Reagan yeah. era times, um, but I I can't ever remember in any polling place standing and waiting. You know, I mean, fifteen minutes maybe, but I mean, come on, what's the big deal? You you wait that long for getting to a concert for crying out loud, right? So. I, I don't know that that's necessary. I think that's a concocted problem, quite frankly. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe in a big city, uh, Detroit, somewhere like that, it could be. The other, the other thing is the expense. I mean, if depending on how long you're going to go early voting, you've got to pay people to do that, right? You've got to have poll workers. You got to have campaign. Uh, you got polls open, right? There has to be places that people vote, and there has to be yeah, people that work it, right? It's effectively another one of these unfunded mandates, Will. You know, the towns are always complaining about the state makes a law. It's it's fun. You're sitting up in Hartford saying, oh, won't this be great? And then the towns are the ones that have to come up for the money with the money for it. And that'll be true in this case, too. And it, 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 this is a solution looking for a problem. There's simply no need to do it. Um, there's and, and we ought to be suspicious of it because why are they why are they so concerned about it? They're concerned about it because they can see ways to create a system that they can take advantage of. Not necessarily illegally, Will, but mm. if you no, have I, the organization, um, sure. early, early voting is another thing that you can, you can use to, to make sure that your people turn out because you know how to get to them and you have the manpower to get to them. Sure. The Democrats have the organization, not just the party, but the unions and the other groups that support them, and the Republicans uh, don't, and that's why they're pushing it in Connecticut. We're talking with Joe Markley, former state senator. You know, I, another thing I'm I'm concerned about. I, I don't. Maybe it's maybe it's unfounded, but I'm concerned about. So let's say I voted. You know, I, it's a month early voting. A month. You know, a lot of states have been millions of votes have already been cast. Yeah. Um, let's say it's a month here in Connecticut, whatever, and I vote, and and then let's say, well, you know what? I want to I want to see. I want to test the system, and I go to try to vote again. I want to know how do they, how do they verify that? How do they how do they stop me from, you know? Oh, he already voted, so you know you're not on the list or whatever. I mean, I don't know how that works, but I would be concerned about that. That people would try to game the system. Well, it's 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 tough enough, as you said. There's always a certain amount of fraud. Um, I feel like it, in Connecticut, it's baked into the system. And if I talk to people about that after the election four years ago, obviously it was a reasonably close election for governor. And people said, oh, you know, you guys got cheated. I said, an election that comes down to a few thousand votes statewide, like Tom Foley's election did yeah. in 2010, I could believe that there's that much fraud. Um, when, it's, when you're talking about tens of thousands of votes, I'm not convinced that, that, 
there's that much. And I do sure. think it's mostly, as you said, in, in the big cities, in Bridgeport, in New Haven, whatever. And partly because the Republican Party is so weak in those places that they can't, actually, they can't always um, man all the polling places and have the people present just to, make, just to be sitting there making sure that everything is being done on the up and up. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But why create more moving parts? And why not let us let the system alone, so that uh, so that people get good at it? Uh, the registrars <laughs> of voters who really do an excellent job. It, it, we I think we've got a good system, and it's a real citizen system with the registrars. Yeah. Um, we're always complaining to me about the changes being proposed by the Secretary of State. They didn't want to come out and say it, uh, but individually they'd come to me and say, you know, every year, every two years. We've got new rules about how to how to do an election. Let them sink in a little bit. Don't don't keep changing them on us. And this this one uh, just opens the door wide if the constitutional amendment passes. You know, um, we've always had third party candidates. It seems. I think. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I think when Oz ran, Oz Grable mm-hmm. ran. Um, I think he probably took votes away from Republican, not not Democrat. Um, and and that was a close election. You got now you got this third party candidate, um, Rob Hodling. I I don't know Rob. He seems like a decent guy. I watched him on the debate. Um, who do you think he's taking votes away from Lamont or from uh, Stefanowski? Well, honestly, I I, I feel it, it, it's it's maybe even clearer this time than it was four years ago that you've got a, an election tends to be a referendum on the incumbent. Do you like Ned Lamont or do you want? Do you think we need to go to somebody else? Mm-hmm. And insofar as there's people that want to go in a different direction, um, if they vote for uh, uh, Hodling, um, that's, a, that's a vote that Stefanowski isn't getting. So I tend to think that he takes votes away from Stefanowski. Obviously, Stefanowski would love to have been on that independent line as he was mm-hmm. four years ago. Mm-hmm. So in a way, not only is, he, is, he, is, is there a candidate to- taking votes away from him, but there's votes he would have been getting on that line that he's not getting. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a necessarily a fatal um, problem for uh, for Republicans. But obviously, all things considered, you'd rather you'd rather have Stefanowski on that line than than an independent candidate. Sure. Well, and you know, I think that's part of the, the uphill battle for Bob is that. For better or for worse, I mean, I don't see how people think this, but Lamont's got a very popular rating here in Connecticut, um, I, largely because uh, of what I think is a misconception of how how he handled COVID. Um, I mean, that that it is that is it, really it's a likability thing, right? Who do you like? Who do you want to keep? General Allen taught me this years ago. He goes, when there's an election, there's only two questions they have to be asked and answered. Number one is, do you want to stay the course? Number two is the time for a change. And here in Connecticut, arguably, we maybe haven't been hit as hard with some of the economic things that other states have been hit. Although, although I mean, all of our food prices are higher, all of our gas prices are higher, all, that, all our heating oil is going higher. But Connecticut's still a relatively stable state when it comes to these things. Um, and if you like Lamont, if, if he's just likable, I mean, he's way more likable than Malloy was. Malloy was just prickly all over. I mean, there was never, about the only time you like Malloy is when he was in the storm shelter, you know, and we had a storm, we had a, a blizzard or something, but I, I, it's, it's hard to beat a guy that you like. And, and unfortunately a lot of people seem to like Ned Lamont. Is that, is that your take or? Yes, I think you're exactly right about that. And, um, I, I mean, my own experience 
with Lamont because I crossed paths with him uh, four years ago yeah. uh, a couple of times, um, was that he was a, a surprisingly nice guy. I mean, I expected him to be a reasonably nice guy, He's but he was really yeah. a, a, a very, very much the way he comes across, good-natured, uh, a little bit, um, maybe a little bit floating in the air, but... Um, uh, but doesn't doesn't project a mean image or any of that. Yeah. Malloy was just the opposite. Malloy was a real leader. He led us in the wrong he, direction. Yeah, you knew where he stood. I mean, there's no question but, about that. Yeah, but he was he was he knew he was unpleasant. And you know, the good thing a smart politician <laughs> sells who he is. Yeah. If you're Dan Malloy, you say, "Hey, I'm a porcupine, but I can get the job done." <laughs> and if you're Ned Lamont, you say, "You know, everything's fine." Let's be happy, you yeah, know. Put on yeah. put on the tie dyed t shirt and and dance at the rock festival, you yeah. know. And um and I think that uh, it's up to the Republicans, it's up to the uh, to our candidates to make the case. Not a, not that Lamont is a bad guy. I, I don't think that right, the, that a, you know, right, right. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think the corruption stuff sticks with them. I just I, I just don't think that people look at him and say, yeah, that's a corrupt guy. Yeah. But if you want to say that guy's not really up to the job, um, I think you can make that case. And I think that's the case that um, Republicans needed to make and maybe have not made as effectively as they should have during this campaign. Hey, believe it or not, we're out of time. Joe Markley, thank you so much. Maybe we'll connect on Election Day, see, see what your thoughts hey, I'd are. Love to. I'm, I'm, I'm always at your service. Keep up the good work, Pastor Thank you Will. so much, Joe. Appreciate it. Have a great day. Um, okay, we're going to take a break, and then um, we'll be back. Uh, more of your calls when we return, so stay with us. And uh, Will Marotti Show, Friday edition with the slightly diminished Will Marotti at your, at your disposal. <laughs> and Matt Rice. we'll be right back. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 